Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So Dave, I noticed that on Twitter you posted about creating a new app in the uh, in App Store Connect. And yes. You know, I think if, if people were to like make a cartoon character of you, it would be somebody who like pushed this button every two hours. Yes. Uh, but the reality is like you've you've really you've had way fewer of these opportunities in the last couple of years. Like you've you've focused down in the last few years and you've made very few new apps relative to what you used to do. So I really am very interested to hear like what's the story behind this? And uh, I, I can't wait to hear if you're ready to share what the app is or will be. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, it is a strange thing that for, yeah, like I would say if, if I'm sort of known for anything in independent app development is for being prolific rather than necessarily having like one app that I focus all my time and energy and effort on. Like I was, you know, m- my approach as for, from the early days, you know, it's like now what, t- 10 and a half years later was like my, my early days. It was just, I just wanted to ke- keep generating ideas, putting them in the app store and seeing what worked. Like, it's just like trying the, um, like because the market was so new and young, it was this. It seemed it worked reasonably well. That there's just so much sort of greenfield opportunity, and the more I can have, you know, different different stakes in all these different places, like the more likely is that one of them is going to um, get traction. And eventually, I suppose that worked to the degree that like a few things did get traction, and then it became harder and trickier to justify making new apps because the maintenance and effort, you know, focusing on the ones that had become successful made more sense. Um, and I think that's a process that I think generally has worked for me where like the last couple of years, I really haven't launched any major new apps. And I actually looked up the, like the, the data on it and it's, it's been, uh, two and a quarter years since I launched my last new app, uh, which was workouts plus wow. plus. Do you have uh, like a Mac rumors buyer's guide kind of thing? Like, it's <laughs> just getting to, it's like, it's it started to turn red. It's been 750 days since I last <laughs> created a new app. It's, I don't have something quite like that, but it, it, I have one of those in my mind, I think, because a big reason why I finally decided like, you know, I just need to make something new is that I, I think it had been too long and there is something intrinsically different in making something new and from scratch than there is from working on like version five of a mature, you know, like main app, something that is my bread and butter, something that is like, you know, it's still the core part of my business working on version five, which is coincidentally like in the middle of this, I've been working on this major update to pedometer plus plus, which is my main app, which is like my primary business, but I've been working on this big update. And in the middle of that, it just had this feeling that like, you know, I just, I feel like I'm, it's like I have this muscle that I just haven't been working out anymore. And I feel like it's atrophying over time. And I feel like I want to work it out a little bit because we're creating something totally from scratch. It's just different. Like you're solving a completely new set of problems. You're and, you know, having to deal with all kinds of new things in terms of the marketing of it, the name of it. Um, you know, are you, how you're going to design it technically and visually, are you going to, how you're going to create all kinds of aspects of that application these are things that you just don't have to think about. You know, like I know the name of these apps that exist and I know how they work. And if anything, there's a, a like a, a, a actual force on me to not make too dramatic, dramatic and drastic of changes. Because if I make big dramatic, you know, big drastic changes, I'm going to potentially alienate my existing user base or cause problems with, you know, my existing people. And I don't want to do that. But so anyway, so I kind of feel like I need to sort of, 
I don't know, things like scratch the itch or work out that muscle, whatever the, like the analogy that works for, um, for somebody. But it's like, for me, I just needed to do something. And there wasn't anything like specific that prompted me to do that. There was this vague sense that I had like a little idea and an opportunity, um, related to, I've been doing some work and I'll just sort of briefly talk about at a high level what the app does, um, is I was doing some work in Pedometer Plus Plus related to time zones. And as a result of that, I had to compile a list of time zones. I think I mentioned this in our embedded embedded data episode. Um, and so as a result of that, I have this like very sort of, I have, you know, a nice comprehensive time zone list um, of places and how time zones work and did a lot of work with NS time zone to you know, understand how time zone working things work. And I was like, I've had this idea for a time zone app, you know, sort of a utility comparison app for a long time. That sort of is a combination of a calendar and a time zone converter, essentially. Um, and it's an idea that I've had for a long time that I never, you know, so in my long list of app ideas, I'd always had this thing sitting there. And I finally was like, well, I have all this, like, I, I did, I did the, like the, the hard part for pedometer plus plus, like I've done all the grunt work of working out how, you know, all the, the cities in the world and how to, you know, have a reasonable way to deal with time zones between them. So what if I just try making it? And that's what I did. And that's kind of how I started. And, um, you know, it's just sort of growing from there. Um, I think there's a variety of things that go into like why ultimately I went beyond to the, just like, sometimes I've done the, um, I just like have an idea, I'll spend an afternoon, I'll make something and I'll throw it away. There's a few reasons why I'll sort of get in, get into later about why I think this actually made sense for me to decide to keep developing it. But that's sort of like the start of why I started making a new app, um, you know, after I guess now two and a half years or two and a quarter years since doing it for, for you know, the last time. That, that makes total sense to me. Like wanting to exercise that muscle and wanting to do a new thing every once in a while. I mean, I don't do it nearly as often as you do, even even your current rate. <laughs> I, I can't even approach that. Um, but it is, it's so much fun to create something new. Like, you know, I, I, like sometimes I get into this rut with whatever my current primary app is where, you know, maintaining a, an, an established app there are parts of it that are fun, like when you're working on new stuff or you're adopting, you know, new new hardware features that you know just became available or whatever else. Uh, but there are parts of it that are really much more of a grind, um, and that's like you know doing massive technical debt payoffs or uh, just like you know re- doing certain parts of the UI that you that you have to do that are kind of unfun to work on uh, or things like that. And there's an, there's always an infinite amount of potential refinement and updates and maintenance that you can do to an established app like that will never end there's if whatever amount of time that you are willing to devote to to update an existing app it will consume that time like there's no limit to it and so it's really easy to get bogged down in just maintenance forever of an app that is very unfun i kind of i address this in part by treating myself to fun new features even when the market doesn't demand them this is not a good use of my time mind you but like you know like i'll work on things like like my low-level audio stuff in voice boost too like i'll work on stuff where like the market really isn't telling me that i need to do voice boost too nothing like there's nothing about my user base or competitive pressures or anything like that 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 tells me that i should spend months working on new low-level audio code to replace my existing low-level audio code that's worked fine for four years. Uh, and there's also not going to likely be a huge payoff when I finish it. 
Like there's not going to, I'm not going to suddenly make twice as much money uh, when, when I, when I ship voice boost too. like, it's not going to be a thing, but I do it because if I just spent all this time doing everyone's like, you know, little pet features that are kind of boring to implement, if I'm honest, uh, or, you know, like, or backend work or, you know, refining the design yet again to do, you know, yet another adaptation of some other screen to some other trend or fashion or whatever else, like that stuff's all really boring after a while. And so like, I, I have to treat myself to fun things. And sometimes that fun thing can be a new app altogether. And sometimes that fun thing could be a feature that is not going to really pay off. Uh, either way, it's a terrible use of your time economically, but it is often a good use of, you know, maintaining yourself, avoiding burnout, doing things to make yourself happy and so on. Yeah. And I think too, that it's like, it's this funny tension between like the, the advantage of doing it, the approach you're doing now, where you are creating the opportunity to feel like you're working on something fresh inside of your main app inside of, you know, your, your actual, like your day job app, essentially. Like, <laughs> right. We're working, like finding a way to make that work inside of that. I mean, it has a lot of advantages in the sense that it still feels fresh, but it you know furthers and develops the main thing that um you know sort of most of your you know efforts should probably be going to like the the danger and the thing that i have had to more sort of in the back of my mind this whole time is the sense that i don't want to stretch myself too thin and like over, sort of like starting a war on a new front like that is problematic and tricky and i think that's the big risk of doing something like this where um, if you want to make a new app, so, so sort of work on something new, work on something fresh, have that kind of that fun experience. But in so doing, you're going to create this whole new sort of set of sort of worries and challenges and customer support and management. Like that is the tension there. And there's been a number of apps over the last two and two years that I've thought of making and then didn't do ultimately because I thought that the support and management and update and the user data requirements were just going to be too high. Um, and I think what I decided, like ultimately with this app that I'm working on is I didn't, I want, I was only going to work on it if it was something that I thought could be, you know, self-contained, doesn't involve a server component at all, doesn't um, involve anything that I'm doing that River like would have deal with like precious user data um, in the sense that I'm not, you know, like, like if you, for some, somehow you lost your list of places that you had time zones um, displayed for, like not a huge loss. Like I've had a few ideas over the years for like working with like making a camera app, for example, like I've thought about that and I've kind of gone down the road a little bit with some interesting ideas that I thought I had around cameras. But at the end, like the things that I start to worry about is it's like, if I, what happens if I, have a bug that means that someone took a picture of a moment that then for some reason didn't save correctly and that moment is lost like the stakes and the risk become so high that that becomes worrying and the effort the amount of effort and quality assurance and just like intensity that that application would sort of demand and deserve is so much higher than something that i wanted to do so like when i'm looking at this it's like I want an app that is completely self-contained. No, it's like no server component. It just is something that you would download from the app store. You would use on your phone. If in you know, in this case, I'm taking advantage of the event kit APIs, which mean that like Apple has done all of the hard work 
of you know interacting with calendar servers and syncing all that data and managing it like i don't have to do any of that that's a great thing that apple has just provided that i can you know once i've asked the user to have access to their calendar i can read their data i can write to that data but i'm not doing the syncing i'm not doing the management of that i'm just you know presenting it and allowing you to do some basic edits to it um, and so I looked for um, a project that sort of fit that criteria. And I think in general, that's probably good advice that if you're going to start something that isn't going to be your main focus intentionally, like I have no expectation of this app ever being my main app. Um, if, if anything, I have very modest hopes for it in terms of, you know, on, a, on the financial or user base side. I think it's a you know, fairly targeted thing for a very specific kind of user. And like, that's fine. It's doesn't need to you know, be this runaway success for it to be a useful thing that I've done and experienced, but, you know, it just needs to maybe like sort of like pay for my time kind of a thing. Um, but it's good to think about it in those terms that it's like, it's not going to be something that is going to require huge amounts of support going down the road. You know, every up version of the uh, you know, iOS update or like say the, the example of a camera app, like every time there's a new device, you would actually expect there to be major work you need to do potentially to make sure that it works well on the new devices with new cameras, new systems. Like, whereas if it's just a bunch of UI views that are reading from one of the oldest, um, you know, system frameworks, it's probably not going to change very much. It's not going to change in ways that are like fundamental and require like weeks of weeks of work. It's going to be much more like, huh, they created a new screen size. Let me make sure it looks okay. Yeah, it looks okay. Let me change this value a little bit. We're done. Like, that's much, much better as a side project, as something that I can sort of commit to my users that I'm going to keep up to date, but do so in a way that is not um, going to crush me over time. Yeah, because like the last thing you need is more apps that require your attention all at the same time every fall, <laughs> right? Or like every summer during the beta period. Like, because you already have, you know, like the last thing you need is like more, like, you know, like I, I, there was a, a wonderful blog post by Dave Weiner years and years and years ago now uh, where, he was saying how like, you know, a second car sounds like a lot of fun. Like, oh, I could have like a little car for the weekends or whatever. And hey, that could be a lot of fun to drive. And then he's like, but two cars also like another car is another car that you have to maintain. It's another car that you have to register and get emissions tested every, you know, every year or two. And it's like, there's all this overhead of just having any car that like, it becomes a lot less fun because you have to maintain all these boring things or all these like, you know, time consuming or, or expensive things. And like having more apps, there's a lot of that kind of to it where it's like one more app in the store that you're, that you have out there is one more app that can not only generate support requests and have people have a problem with it in some way and complain to you or leave one star reviews, but can also be like, that's one more app that every time there's a new iOS screen size, that that's one more app you have to update. That's one more app that every time there's a new like bit transition or API transition or other incompatibility as time goes on, you're going to have, you know, something that's going to affect all of your apps. This is one more app in that list. And so you really have to like, go into it fairly conservatively you know there's certain complexities that you can't avoid things like you know screen size changes and everything at least try to minimize the ones you can control like what you just said like you know minimizing you know no server component little need for support little need for user data entry or protection uh things like that and that's i I think that's very wise so i really want to hear what this app is but first let's talk about our sponsor 
We are brought to you this week by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. You can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, including Dave and me, and they are all looked after by Linode's incredible 24-7 support team. If you ever run into any problems, you can just drop them an email, even give them a call, or if you don't want to do that, you can chat over IRC in their community. Whatever suits you best. And they have super useful guides and documentation. So if you just need to quickly look up how to do something or how to configure something, you can do that too. Their new management panel is now in beta at cloud.linode.com. I've used it. It's pretty nice. I got to say their their old one was great. And I I was I was kind of afraid because the old one was so good. I was kind of afraid like, you know, don't change anything. But the new one is really really nice too. It is a single page application built using cutting edge React JS and backed entirely by their public API. So anything you can do in the control panel, you can now do in the API as well and the whole thing is open source. And they have two-factor authentication to keep you and all your data safe and secure. So their pricing is option to suit everyone. Linode plans start at one gig of RAM for just $5 a month, and they have lots of other plans that go up from there depending on what your needs are, including high memory plans and new dedicated CPU plans. And Linode has a special offer for our listeners. You can go to linode.com slash radar and use promo code radar2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. So on this one gig plan, that could be four months for free. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash radar and promo code radar 2019 to learn more sign up and make the most of that 20 dollar credit our thanks to linode for their support of this show and all of relay fm all right dave what's the app yeah so it's like i said I mean, it involves time zones and calendaring so those are the two like <laughs> i was trying to figure out like what this could be like, is that, like at first when you when you said time zones, like maybe you made a better world clock because the world clock apps out there are garbage and i'm like wait a minute but t- calendars how does that work so hmm and I think this is always one of those funny things where, like, I, in some ways I kind of love that the app store is full at this point. Like, you know, it's like people – there was a while where it was an important thing that Apple would yell about is how many apps there were in the store. They haven't mentioned that in a long time. And if anything, <laughs> yeah. they are actively working to reduce the number of apps in the store now. Like, that is something that they are specifically pruning out, like, old or problematic or all kinds of – there's all kinds of things that they are, like – taking out apps now yeah, and it's, i think that's for the better <laughs> yeah and that's be- like because it's full like i mean i think for like a concept like conceptually like there is not much space that hasn't been explored um at this point like just the nature of like the creativity of the world has been applied to this this problem for 10 years and so there's just fewer and fewer new things um and so i started off i was like I, how could i make a uh, a time like you know a world clock fun- you know, in terms of like that there's a core functionality of like i want to know you be able you know the time in different places around the world like the classic kind of like world clock problem um, but i want to do that in a different and more interesting way and for me what it came down to is i wanted to you know the app is a timeline of uh the times in different places over time rather than instantaneously so it's not just the time now, you know, and which is like, you could imagine the classic world clock. It's like, well, what's the time here, here and here right now? Um, I want to be able to show that in the future. And then as soon as I had the realization that like, that's an interesting way to show the data, it's like, well, then I should also overlay that with your calendar events so that you can see 
different events in different time zones. So if that if you're doing if you're doing any kind of meeting or you know scheduling of things across time zones, then suddenly it's become it's easy to see when you're available, when your meeting is, when your meeting is for you versus for the other people in the meeting, etc. Um, and then you know you can do things like you know you can edit those events, you can create new events, and um, that kind of thing. And you know that's sort of the application. And it's kind of funny in some ways, just like it's very straightforward, it's very simple, and it's simple intentionally because, like I said, I don't want this to be something that like overtakes my world. Um, and it's kind of funny for it to be simple because the nature of like, if I can build this app in a couple of weeks, then it's a very small moat around it. You know, I'm not doing something that, um, is hard to reproduce. So if the kernel of the idea turns out to be, you know, successful or interesting, then, you know, it's like other people, I could potentially copy it and go forward. But, you know, that's sort of like the, the give and take that you have with an application like this is that if you want to keep it simple, if you want to do something that, um, you know, is relatively straightforward to do, which I've, you know, something I want to do because I don't want this, I want this to be a project that I can, you know, finish in a month rather than several months. Like that's kind of the nature of you're building a small mode around you rather than like, you know, the all the work you did with smart speed say, like it took, you know, years in many ways for people to approximate what you had done because the work you did to do it was difficult, hard to reproduce and challenging. Um, whereas an app like this, it's not, you know, it's, it's much more something that exists in like it's, it's value exists in, um, potentially it being, you know, somewhat well, more hopefully like nice and polished and well marketed, but it isn't, you know, sort of functionally and strictly unique in that way. I, I feel like it's, there's, first of all, smart speed has been one of the greatest payoffs ever because it wasn't as much work as everyone thinks it is. <laughs> It really, and I like I did it, you know, four years ago, and haven't had to touch it since. Uh, anyway, so that I've gotten very well paid off ratio wise from like effort to 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 moat there. But I feel like there's actually not nothing wrong with having a a low moat or a sh- low wall or well moats go under. What's the metaphor here? Is a sh- a shallow moat or a, a short moat. wall? <laughs> I think it's a shallow mode. <laughs> okay. So I don't think there's anything wrong with having a, a shallow wall here uh, because it, what matters is not can anyone copy your idea because the reality is, you know, given enough time, anybody can copy every any idea, right? Uh, what matters is is the amount of moat that you have proportional to the amount of effort and time it's going to take you to make it, right? Because, like, if you make something that's really super easy to copy, it, if you didn't spend that much time on it, it really isn't that big of a deal. Like it's it's a bigger problem. Like for example, um, threes and twenty forty eight. Like the, you know one of the great app store copying scandals of all time, right? Uh, the threes app to to get that mechanic right and to to get the the look and feel and details of the implementation right took them probably a lot of effort and time to work that out. But once, it, but it, it's a simple enough mechanic that once it was visible to the world, it got copied very quickly and easily. So that was kind of that, like that was a, a big risk they took, and, and it didn't really work out that well for them because it, it took them a lot of time to build a shallow moat. Whereas what you're doing, I think, is totally fine. You are taking a small amount of time to build a shallow moat, and so if other people come in and copy it right after you do it, it isn't that big of a loss because it didn't take you that long. And in the you know the brief window of time where you are the only one or at least you are the best marketed and most visible one, you will get your payoff during that time. And even if someone then comes and copies it a week later, oh, well, you had your time. It wasn't that big of an investment. Yeah, and I think that's a good, a very good way to look at it. It's like it's there, it's, there is that ratio 
um, between the like it can be sort of complicated emotionally, but I think from a a business and a rationality perspective, like it is very good to just think yeah, it's like if if it only took you if it only takes you a couple of weeks to build and it takes a couple of weeks for other people to copy what you're doing, then like I guess there's like you know imitation is a sincerest form of flattery kind of thing like well clearly you were onto something clearly that was useful um but like other than starting like it's unlikely that you're building something that is like novel in the way that is truly like transformative and would sort of be reasonable to feel like should be should be you know sort of protected in some way but the reality is it's just it's going to it's going to create you're going to create something and it's not going to you know have that you know it's it's not going to be um pushed against. And the nice thing too, I will say is that one weird advantage of the app store being so mature and so full is that I feel like the actual impact that copycats can have is feels slightly smaller to me now than it used to because, and I think in large part because the, uh, it's so hard to get any attention in the app store at all that if you have some, if you are able to gather enough attention to, in the first place to get there, like someone else either would have to have a large marketing budget, which for like a simple utility app seems very unlikely and unusual, um, or, you know, sort of just be very lucky and fortunate. But for the most part, like you have that benefit of like, it's discovery is hard enough for everybody that if like about three, you know, three people copy your app, but in the app store, like unless they're like physically copy, you know, copy like trademark and those kinds of issues, like they're copying your name and icon, like if they're just copying your idea, like they're having the uphill battle. If anything, they have the even harder problem because they have to convince the people who like if, if you if you capture the initial like obvious market of your application um, in your circle, then like there's a group of people who are like excluded from the potential market for your customers. And so like in some ways it's, that's kind of a nice uh, like benefit now of the market, the app store being so full and so sort of difficult to find discovery in um, that if you have anything novel, like it's reasonably likely that you can get some attention in the press, maybe get some, some editorial favor in the app store team. Um, and like if, you know, it's unlikely that both of those people are going to, you know, then like promote, you know, sort of copycats down the road. So um, that's a you know a nice per- perk of the, the the modern app store. I think also like when you're dealing with this kind of um, situation where you have an app that's probably going to be copied quickly and easily, um, you know, you're dealing with commodities here. At this point, ideas in the app store are commoditized fully, and so you have to compete accordingly. And so the the way to compete in that kind of market is. First of all, I think, you know, design and marketing are like your two big differentiating features. Like if you're going to make a world clock calendar kind of app and other people already have a similar kind of thing or can make one very quickly, you have to win on design and marketing. Those are your primary tools. But also it's important to not leave them space. And the way you don't leave them space is to make your app free. Because what really killed, like what was really a big copycat problem early on is, and especially like with the threes versus uh, twenty forty eight thing, is the reason why that flipped over so quickly for them was that threes was paid and twenty forty eight was free, and a whole lot of people out there will never consider a paid upfront app, and so if you get out there first with a free app that makes money some other way, whether it's ads or an app purchase for something or whatever else, if yours is free upfront, you leave very little room for other people to take away meaningful market share from you. Yeah. And just remove the, the incentive. Cause like the goal someone else is going to have is to make more money. So like if you, if you're t- taking out the easy path for them to make money, like the obvious choice, then like it's that much easier or it's that much less incentive for someone to try. 
Um, and one thing I did also want to mention too is something else I went into my thought process when I was deciding I wanted to make an app is that I decided that it was something that whatever app I made that was new needed to be something that would fit into Apple's movement towards Marzipan or whatever you want to project sneak peek, like whatever you want to call that, the movement towards iOS finding its way onto the Mac. Um, it, I wanted to have an app that would fit into that ecosystem, um, both from a, you know, as someone who's just a, like, I don't even know, like, like I want to make sure that I have an opportunity to explore all of the aspects of Apple development, that if they're working on something new, I want to have something to do there. Um, as well as like, there's always in my experience, it's been a good thing to kind of be on board with Apple as they're he- heading in a new direction that like, whether or not that's perfect from the start or whatever, you know, see the Apple watch. Like I, I I've benefited in the long run by being on the Apple watch at the beginning is benefiting me now later on as it's the platform has matured and I've kind of worked through all the the rough parts at the beginning, but you know, it's like it, you can, the only way you can have, you know, several years of experience with something is to, you know, to start early. And so, um, that was something that I also thought of and I like, you know, world clock time, you know, time zone calculator calendar app would work just as well on the Mac and the iPad and the iPhone. And so, you know, an event kit exists on all, th- all those platforms. So it also just seemed like a good fit. And I just wanted to mention that too, is like something to keep in the back of your mind, um, kind of going into this fall when I think that, you know, the, the cross-platform SDKs are going to be coming out. Um, have it, if you're starting something that could work well in that, um, there might be some, you know, some, some benefit to that. Who knows exactly what that would look like, but I always kind of keep that in the back of my mind that if I'm on board with whatever Apple is doing, it's going to be better for me than to be working counter to that. Definitely. All right, well, I look forward to seeing this app. I, I can't wait to, uh, to, to time my zones. There you go. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.